Join Western Field Ornithologists and Colorado Field Ornithologists for their joint 2023 convention. This will be the biggest birding event this summer and takes place July 19th to the 23rd in picturesque Summit County, Colorado. The convention includes four days of field trips covering habitat from pinyon juniper foothills to alpine tundra. It's a great opportunity to pick up those high elevation specialties. Field trip leaders will include the ABA's own Ted Floyd and the convention keynote speaker Jesse Berry from the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. Other highlights include workshops and science sessions, youth birder field trips and socials, bioblitz and national and local vendors. For more information and to register, visit www.cobirds.org. That's www.cobirds.org. Hello and welcome to the American Birding Podcast from the American Birding Association. I'm your host, Nate Swick. I don't usually like to lead off with bad news, in this segment, but an item came across my computer that struck me such that I felt like I needed to. Uh, While the human population of the world has been dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic, the bird population of the world has been dealing with a similar sort of illness, a particularly pathogenic strain of bird flu that has been running rampant through colonial seabird flocks for the last 18 months or so, and it is, frustratingly, finding its way to terrestrial birds as well. In particular... California condor. The species that was famously laid low in the 1980s, dropping to 22 individuals, all of which were taken into captivity and subjected to a breeding program that eventually, a decade later, led to the release of several birds back in the wild. And this is certainly one of the great conservation success stories of the 20th century. The birds were released into California and Arizona. They are seen there and in Utah and Baja California and Mexico. People see them regularly. They breed in the wild, and until the end of 2022, we're doing reasonably well. In the last two months, however, things have taken a bit of a grim turn. Six condors have been confirmed to have died from this bird flu strain. A further 12 are suspected to have died from it, and five more are currently suffering and receiving care. All of these birds are from the Utah, Arizona flock, which has 116 individuals, which means that in the last three weeks... 15% of the southwestern flock has succumbed to this bird pandemic. To date, the virus has not been documented in condors in California, either Mexico, California, or U.S. California, though bird flu has been documented in other species nearby. You may ask, can bird populations deal with this the way that humans have with a vaccine? And as it turns out, and this surprised me, a vaccine does exist, but as hard as it was to get every human on board with it, It is harder with birds, though not for the same reasons. I am unaware of any anti-vaxxer birds, but I'm looking at you, Merlin. Seems like the one most likely to go down that dark path. Anyway, this is a fluid situation. Rehab groups and conservation organizations like the Peregrine Fund are actively engaged on this and working to prepare for whatever eventuality, including vaccination, quarantine pens, supportive care for birds that are suffering from the bird flu or those who have not yet gotten the bird flu. I'll link to all that in the show notes if you'd like to stay abreast on this topic. Fingers crossed that California condors can show the same resilience here that they have shown so well in the past. On the show this week, something more fun, mascots, specifically bird mascots. More specifically, how students at one university in the U.S. are working to replace an old behind-the-times mascot with a new one that just so happens to be our 2023 ABA Bird of the Year. Spencer Wilkin is one of those student advocates, and she joins me to tell this fascinating story after this week's Rare Birds. 
This is your Rare Bird Focus for the middle of April 2023. Spring is here without any sort of reservations across much of the continent. Migration is on and birds are moving. And when birds start moving en masse, it stands to reason that some move in the wrong direction. I have a few of those today. I have one first record to talk about this week. We are coming to the end of waterfowl season, but that doesn't mean that surprises aren't possible to wit. A pink-footed goose in Grand Traverse County, Michigan is a first record for that state and one of an increasing number of records for this species in the interior of the continent. This Eurasian species has been increasingly common in the northeast of the ABA area for uh, over a decade now, and recent records in Indiana, Colorado, and this one in Michigan suggest that birders should be on the lookout for it just about anywhere in the future. And it's time to retire the term hot limpkin summer because we are all living the hot limpkin life right now. One year after the first limpkin was recorded in Missouri, the state is up to double digits now. And this week, a trio of limpkins was seen at Mingo National Wildlife Refuge in the boot heel. That surprising, unsurprising, I don't even know anymore, record was joined by another bird in Fayette County, Illinois, who knows where this will all stop. Uh, The Arctic Circle, perhaps, that's my guess. Those are the recent highlights, but for the full list, check out the ABA Rare Bird Alert on Fridays at aba.org slash rba. You can also follow along with all the Rare Bird news in our ABA Rare Bird Alert group on Facebook and on ABA Community. The sporting world is full of bird mascots, eagles, hawks, cardinals, but none, so far as I know, feature the belted kingfisher. But perhaps that might change. The University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign is the flagship university of that state and one with a mascot vacancy that should be filled by our 2023 Bird of the Year, at least according to a group of students. Spencer Wilkin was one of those students and the author of an article in the current issue of Birding Magazine. Welcome, Spencer. I'm excited to talk to you about this. I am equally excited to be here. Very nice. Uh, for those who might not be up on the story. Why is there a mascot vacancy at the University of Illinois? Wow. You know, that's actually a whole podcast in and of itself. It is. is, is. I'm letting you explain it, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing. (laughs) So, um, in 2007, actually 2005, and then, then 2007, the NCAA passed legislation regarding the usage of Native American imagery in school teams. The University of Illinois was one of I think 18 or 19 schools impacted by this legislation are at the time mascot chief Alinawick was impacted by this and was ultimately banned and then retired from our, our campus. Now all the other schools that were impacted by this NCAA ban, which is the collegiate entity in charge of college teams um, usually either replaced the team name or replaced the mascot or got an exception from the tribe. University of Illinois did none of the three. They just, got rid of the mascot, but didn't change anything. And that's why we are uh, in a very unique situation today. Why students are looking for a mascot 16 years now since the ban. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're they're the Illini, which was a reference to the the Native American tribe, but now it's just sort of a generic Name. Even that term has uh, become so interesting. So is that right? It depends on what you look, look you look, you look at. Yeah. Uh, the official university stance is it's open to interpretation. Yeah, um, yeah. it appeared in like 1911 in yeah. the first use, and and then went on to change. But ultimately, what we're trying to do is not change that. So no matter the history, still give you line eye. But you need you need that person in a costume mm-hmm. on the sideline to get the crowd. 
you know, excited about whatever sporting event. It's fun. It's fun. It's part of the college experience. Yep. That's exactly what we think. So that's kind of how this all thing started. Yeah. So why Belted Kingfisher? That's my favorite question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Why Belt? So our school colors are orange and blue. Mm -hmm. And so as you know, bird is orange and blue. Uh, The orange is is kind of fun because it depends on the lighting of the photo. Uh, whether or not it looks kind of really dark red or, or brownish or even bright orange. It's an r- incredible vari- variability. But at the end of the day, it's orange and blue. It lives in Champaign County all year round, mostly from March to October, but you can find them there all the time. Champaign County is where the school is. Uh, and it's super unique and fun looking. And so whenever I was pitching this idea to the student body, it, when it, the whole thing started back as a, a Facebook post, I'm like, look at this bird. Look how weird it looks, guys. It's so unique. It doesn't look like a hawk. It doesn't look like a falcon. It yeah. looks super weird and it's super fun. And it's got like this cool mohawk. There's so many things we can do with it. Um, and that's that's kind of why. There's a little bit of a excitement amongst a lot of the students that know about this bird that it would be one of the first female mascots. Because yeah, as you know, right. only yeah. the female has the orange and blue. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. You know, and, and I find this really interesting because the, the effort to replace a Linoac with something, anything, has been going on for uh, since 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 it was retired. Mm-hmm. And then the Belted Kingfisher is a relatively recent suggestion. Yeah. There have been a lot of kind of, I don't know, <laughs> aborted mascots, I guess. You should say, like, Things right? have come and gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this actually, that's actually how this movement really got started. So mm-hmm. I was a on campus when the uh, pretty controversial, very big news, like made out on ESPN kind of news about Ama Otter had mm-hmm. come and gone. Uh, that was the proposal before, literally just the pun. That was it. Uh, started oh, as a joke. Oh, 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 I, it took me a second, but yeah. No, yeah Alma Otter. Alma <laughs> Otter. Um, it did not pass, but it was, <laughs> it definitely showed there was a, a clear student interest. And before yeah. this, there was actually a, a huge survey done in 2011 of over 11,440 students that surveyed ideas, literally just ran anything, Eagles, yeah, Chef, yeah. Lincoln, anything. Um, and like 85% of the students had had some idea of something to do. Belton Kingfisher actually did make that list, had two votes. Um, <laughs> Two votes because it's yeah. an unknown bird. Moving up with a bullet, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, and now look at where it's come. Yeah, where so, I brought so, it back. I like this idea. I like the coming up with the new mascot idea because you know the the retiring of the old mascot. People have such like big feelings, I guess, and <laughs> lack of a better <laughs> word, it lightly <laughs> about it. And and you know, it's it. And people tend to get really bent out of shape if you suggest changing anything. But the coming up with the new thing, that's the fun part. Like that's the part that you can really like get your teeth into and and have fun coming up with with new ideas and, and new possibilities. So I mean, th- we we've whenever we all the students that have been doing this, um, we we try to impress upon people that what we want is not just about what was before. It, I mean, that's that was decided before a lot of students were born, yeah. right? Like <laughs> next year, and I were born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next year the the freshman class are going to be coming in, having zero connection. I mean, that's true for a lot of students, but they'll have been born after the ban. Like, that's how far removed we are. So we have been focusing our efforts on two major parts Mm -hmm. of this issue, I suppose. First, why the belted kingfisher? 
that's the fun part. I mean, just look at it. Look at the pictures. Look at the colors. Look how it's just ours. And then the other one is what you mentioned. The hard part is talking to alumni, talking to community members about why we want a mascot. And Mm -hmm. that's a tough conversation to have. Some folks see this as a thing that you know, if we if we get a Kingfisher, the the chief of Linowick's already forgotten. Well, fun fact, he's already retired. Um, so there's nothing we could do about that. But there's there's a there's a group of people that that want to bring the chief back, and there's those that think we don't need anything. Mm-hmm. Those who want to bring the chief back, I'm sorry, I, yeah. it's the just sh- not going to happen. Um, yeah. A lot the admin have been very clear, and the tribe have been very clear on that. And the other ones that think we don't need something, that's that's where we get frustrated that's really where our campus is button heads over this conversation uh, admin are split students uh well 85 percent voted to change it but there's still definitely a, a strong split as to whether or not we need a mascot um and this proposal the belted kingfisher has kind of brought people together with the an idea that it could work well That's what I was going to get to next, because, you know, the idea of it's one thing to say we need a mascot. And it's another thing to say, here's an idea for a mascot. That's a lot of fun. And it seems like the second one is a lot as a lot easier sell than the first one, because people can be opposed to a a mascot, I guess. But when you've got that this idea here and you've got the cool imagery and you've got the merch and you've got all that stuff ready to go, it's a lot easier to make the case that it needs to be a kingfisher. I think that's why this particular movement, why, because people have done this before me, people have come around, try to get a mascot, and then it ultimately fizzled out. This mm-hmm. one hasn't. It's yeah. been going on strong for three years. Uh, we have some really major developments along the way. So we've gotten so many endorsements. I think it's because of the specific proposal that people can rally behind. <laughs> that's a, that's kind of the whole point of having a mascot to begin with, get people something to rally behind. And that makes a difference for our movement as well. Is it fun to talk to students about kingfishers when you're trying to make this case? Yes. And <laughs> I mean, when you like the bird, well, it's what fun. What do you say? No. Yeah. No, no. I, no, I, if hate, it wasn't, I hate talking about kingfishers. <laughs> the, when I talk to students, we have a, a wide variety of responses. Um, mm-hmm. It also depends, on, frankly, depends on their major. Um, <laughs> huh, that's right. It's, so whenever I'm talking to like my fellow physics students, um, many of them have not heard of belted kingfishers. So yeah, I had to be yeah. like, no, this is what the bird looks like. They're like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, yeah. But when I talk to like art students, I don't know if this is contributing to stereotypes or not, but <laughs> they know of the bird. Oh, really? <laughs> and they're like, huh. we like this idea. And it's definitely a weird trend. And so, uh, of course, the environmental groups, which we have many of on campus, mm-hmm. like the student environmental councils and um, the red bison, all these conservation groups all know about the bird and they were our first supporters before this even went to the student vote. Uh, For those of you who aren't familiar with the the history of this bird, we actually passed legislation through the student vote, uh, through the campus with this proposal in large part because of these student organizations coming out and helping us educate about what a belted kingfisher is. Mm -hmm. Not your everyday bird. I'll give it, I'll give that. It's not your everyday bird. (laughs) So we owed students like that in the art department, in the conservational and environmental studies, evangelizing what a belted kingfisher is to their friends um, so that us physics majors who aren't <laughs> like me, who just Not happen so to know these birds, yeah. know what they are. How long has this effort to make this the belted kingfisher you, gone on? You, you mentioned that the fact that the, uh, you mentioned that the original survey and it got two votes. Um, 
how 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 long have you and some of your your colleagues been working to make make the school more aware of the belted kingfisher? Well, um, the timeline here is pretty fun. So that vote that passed in 2011, I actually didn't know about whenever I came with this proposal. Uh, this started as a doodle in the May of 2019 on the mm-hmm. side of my physics discussion. I was just drawn, um, and uh, one of my friends was like that's pretty good. So I posted it on a social media site and it blew up over social media. And that was in the fall of 2019. Well, ISG, the student government, got a hold of this post and they're like, whoa, hey, this is really gaining traction. I mean, thousands of shares, thousands of comments, interactions. Huh. Being, I mean, it was a poof, right? Um, and they, that's when it got to the vote. And that's when it started becoming official. So while the student government was working on how we could get this out to students to actually vote on, I was in the background working with athletics, working with admin, talking with them, seeing where they were. Oh. I was like, hey, before we even get this to the, the campus vote, what do you guys need? I want to come yeah, into this right. That's a great there way to go about it. Yeah. Nothing. There were, we had nothing uh, written. There wasn't any like how to find a mascot for your college <laughs> written anywhere. Right. So before we even go to this vote, I was meeting with our cultural centers, with our Native American house. I'm like, hey, like, what's your thoughts on this before we vote? And everyone's like, let's see what the vote says. We are okay with this. We think it's a democratic uh, way to do it. A student mm-hmm. vote is a good vote. We had other ideas come and, uh, come and fall. And this one was like a first serious contender. So fall 2019, we've been working with admin ever since. Vote passes. Everyone goes crazy. COVID hits. Same week. Yeah. <laughs> Campus yeah. goes down. That September, um, you know, virtually over Zoom, we had our first real big vote. The campus mm-hmm. vote was huge, but the faculty vote was, in my opinion, yeah. even bigger. Yeah. Um, and so the faculty saw the student vote and they all we all went into their committees. I was in these committees, virtually breakout rooms, um, talking with instructors. I'm like, this is the bird. This is the, the resolution we passed. The resolution was simply, uh, should the belted kingfisher, an orange and blue bird native to Champaign County, be the next mascot? Yes, no. Um, <laughs> like, this is what passed. And then they passed that legislation telling the administration to adopt the belted kingfisher 105 to 2. So the faculty were overwhelmingly in support of not only getting a new mascot, but the specific suggestion. Yeah, I think that's one of the most interesting things about this story is that it's not just uh, a group of students who have come up with uh, a mascot willy-nilly and got some social media traction. You guys actually did the work. Like you mm-hmm. did the, the, you beat the pavement to talk to the people who need to be involved to make this change. And they were involved from the very, very beginning. And uh, apparently supportive for the most part or at least not (laughs) antagonistic uh, about the change so we the recommendation from the faculty from our faculty senate was that the chancellor you like adopted immediately and that that was that was a very strong legislation it was all over the news when this hit and actually that's when um uh we we really started going into overdrive and campus partners soon became community partners and we were Mm -hmm. reaching out to national orgs at this point to get endorsements the Audubon Society, um, the American uh, Indian Center in Chicago, and now the NCAI, which is the Embassy of Tribal Nations, um, the Coalition of Native Affairs, uh, Association on American, like big national groups have now come in support of our process and of our campus getting a new mascot. Because we've just been really slowly, methodically bringing in partners, voices, anyone who we can 
say, this is a problem that our campus is facing. And when I say problem, I mean the chief imagery lingers without yeah. a mascot. And, and that's what these national organizations are, are calling for action on. Right. Um, in, the, because, in the vacuum, the chief is always going to be able to, to sneak yeah. in. Once you have mm-hmm. a mascot, then people can rally around that, literally rally around that mascot. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what students want. We're being asked to rally around a void. Like, <laughs> woohoo, go block eyes. Like, that's yeah, just yeah, not right. fun. Yeah. So this is, it's, that's actually up, up to this point, up to about a month ago, pretty up to date. We've mm-hmm. been working with ever growing list of endorsements and partners. Like Chicago Tribune wrote an incredibly positive article about all of the work we've done, why this is matters how this impacts our state. I mean, it's kind of not great on Illinois to not have a mascot and have just controversy instead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I talked a little bit about all the really cool imagery and merchandise and t-shirts and all the stuff that you guys have created. How did that come together and who did you work with to put it together? Well, um, we have a lot of students who like to make art of the Kingfisher. They just make it and share it. They're like, I love this idea. This is what I made. Check out this hat. They post it on social media. They tag me or they tag our official page. Um, That's one way. Another way, we actually had the student government uh, donate several thousands uh, worth of merch just to give away to students Hmm. as part of a, you know, we want to replace the imagery on campus. Part of that is just giving out T-shirts. Uh, next week, we'll be giving out like nearly 400 uh, shirts, about $4,000 worth of merch, because yeah. the student government said we earmarked this money towards it. Uh, wow. it. The final bit is that the Kingfisher page, our little student group and our alumni group, we design shirts and then sell them. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with campus marketing in mind, we work with the campus marketing team um, to actually develop things that aren't accidentally infringing upon their branding because yeah. we're not official yet. And right. and then we sell thousands um, of dollars worth of merch. And that's all wild. that profit goes back towards giving away free things to students. Yeah. That's that's wild. And and are the is this merch being sold at t-shirt shops on campus and or, or <laughs> not, on well, well, not on campus. Not with my permission. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> or in, in yes. champagne, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> technically yes. Uh, yeah. but not with my permission. Um, oh, we right. we sell we have an official store on our our storefront. Uh, and we have like departments, campus departments that will reach out and ask for us to design them Kingfisher shirts. Uh-huh. And then I'll do that and I'll give them free reign to use as they see fit. Yeah. But businesses selling Kingfisher merch currently are doing so, but it, slightly not. Yeah. I know how that is. I, I live in a college town as well. You, you see, you see the official stuff and you see the stuff that it's kind of knockoffy. And, yeah, they're uh, <laughs> currently using the knockoffy. Well, I say knockoff, but you want to go buy some my design Kingfisher socks at Target? You can. Yeah. <laughs> really? So, at Target? Target and Dick, <laughs> Dick's Sporting Goods. Um, it, that was kind of a whole thing. Um, that is ex- wild. If you Google uh, University of Illinois mascot, and uh-huh. uh, and it, this is shows up and it sometimes appears to be the official mascot just because of the votes it passed. Mm-hmm. So if you're not 100 percent aware of the weird nuances of like a non-binding referendum, if you're looking to sell Kingfisher merch as part of UVI, you'd think it's official. You just take my logo, slap it on a sock, distribute mm-hmm. through Target uh, or through Dick uh, Dick's sporting goods so happens i've got a pair they were they were okay <laughs> <laughs> the quality's not there yeah quality was all right <laughs> so what is the current status of this effort how close are you 
to being 100% in the clear, official, and what needs to be done to get there? We are either, it depends on your point of view, tantalizingly close. Tantalizingly close. One person, one single person has the say on this whole thing. Chancellor Jones himself. Uh, He can, he has, we've passed every possible vote up to this point. What do you think is holding him back? Is it, is it, is it still that alumni thing? These, these alumni that have a close personal connection with the Linoweck and they just don't like they've got his ear. (laughs) I mean, that was true probably up till about 15 years ago, maybe even 12 years ago. It's it's been a bit of time since that really strong connection to the chief was also in administrative positions. At least this is based on my perception of conversations that I've had with faculty and admin throughout the last three years. So there is, it's a tough decision for our campus to make, Mm -hmm. but I, I do know that there have been strong recommendations from vice chancellors to look at getting a new mascot. So his immediate circle seemed to be on board about adopting a new mascot and looking into what it could be and if it should be the belted kingfisher. But as far as we students are concerned, we're actually moving forward with something really cool. We're building it. You're getting the, you're getting the mascot we're, costume. We're building the mascot costume. That's so awesome. you're actually going to see what this is going to look like. Yeah. We fundraised over $800 in about 3 days. Wow. Um, that's all we needed. Um Oh, that's so, so good. Yeah, we will actually build it. Yeah, that's awesome because you know, you see a lot of uh, mascots out there in the college sports landscape. I mean, March Madness was recent. Uh, there's a lot of that stuff out there. And there's like the male version and then there's the female version. And yours is going to be the female version, so they'll have to do the slightly, um, you know, slightly cuter male version. This one, <laughs> actually, well, well, it will be the female version. We're, yeah. We don't expect to make it any more than just just fighting. a kingfisher. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's going to be super buff. <laughs> I'll have to show you the designs. I, I'll oh, send cool. them to you. You can see what they look like. Oh, right um, we'll be we'll actually be going public with those um, very soon. Okay, cool. Uh, um, and so, yeah, we, we actually fundraised with a couple of the faculty and uh, community members almost immediately. They were so kind. They're like, absolutely build it. And the art department on campus is mm-hmm. our number one connection. They are helping us build it. And I say us, it's not me. I am, I am actually far removed from this. This is the students, um, who like a group of like three or four students called me and like, Hey, we were wondering, are you going to actually make the mascot? Like, I'm like, I really wasn't thinking about that, but yeah. you want to? They're oh, like, you got it. can you we? see what it looks said, like. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Go for it. So they drew it up. They they actually um, met with the faculty. They made all these cool paper templates. And they're like, here's a bad list of ugly mascots that we're not going to make it look like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for so, sure. There's already so many cool bird mascots out there. Creighton has a blue jay. That's sort of similar to a kingfisher. You can kind of base yeah. on that. There's a lot of good but, stuff. I, I'm very excited for the designs. I think it's yeah. it's very fun. It's a very fun design. That's ultimately it's orange and blue. Like yeah. <laughs> it's the birds' colors. Right on. Spencer Wilkin is a former U of I student, a current former, current U of I student, and one of the many current and former. We we talked about that earlier. Graduate student right now. <laughs> uh, one of the many who are behind the effort to make the Belt Kingfisher the official mascot of the University of Illinois. Uh, the article is in the most recent issue of Birding Magazine. Good luck to you. I, I can't wait to turn on March Madness next year and see a guy in a Kingfisher costume uh, roaming the sidelines when U of I is playing. It'll be, I, assuming we make it to the March yeah, Madness. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> It'll be somewhere. We'll be there. Yeah. 
The American Birding Podcast is brought to you by the American Birding Association. If you enjoy this podcast, the best way to support it is to join the American Birding Association. You get lots of great benefits, including birding magazines, discounts to partners like Princeton University Press, and Beauty of Books, Cornell Lab of Ornithology, and a whole lot more. You can find out how to do that at aba.org slash join. Some shout outs to make this week to Patty Nueva Espana from Upland, California, Ryan Sheen from Indianapolis, Indiana, Jeff Strogan, Jeff Strogan from Claremont, California, Joe Sugru from Seattle, Washington, and Lynette Say from Larchmont, New York, all of whom recently joined the American Birding Association and noted this podcast as a reason for doing so. Thank you so much. Welcome to the ABA. Executive Director of the ABA and Executive Producer of the podcast is Nikki Belmonte, who encourages anyone who wants to work for a bird organization to make sure they have a degree from a liberal Red Starts University. Technical production is by John Lowry, who suggests that birders shouldn't start thinking about complex molts until they've taken all their basic pre Social media is by Maggie Fitzgibbon. Welcome, Maggie. We get to rush new employees, and I hope you love shorebirds because Pi Epsilon Pi is coming for you. Welcome to the peeps. You can find us online at ABA.org, on social media, most everywhere is American Birding Association. On Twitter, we are at ABA. I never joined a frat, but the Greek system doesn't have a monopoly on parties with wild synchronized dancing, which is why I am really sorry about this. Went Grebe. Questions, comments can come to podcast at ABA.org. I'm Nick Swick. Thanks for listening. See you next week.